Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shir, we will discuss a Pusik and a Rashi comment in Parshas Hazinu. Parshas Hazinu includes some rather dark and harsh predictions about what will happen to Am Yisrael if they misbehave. It's Hashem says a fire will be will burn within me and it will eat up the land and all of its produce, and I will bring upon them one bad consequence after another, and I will shoot my arrows at them, and they will suffer from hunger and from plague and from damaging animals and from, and from wars and plagues, etc., etc. Many, many unpleasant possibilities including the following in Pasuk Chavov. Amarti Afehem. I said, in my heart, Rashi explains, I said, Afehem. I will, well, this word is very hard to translate. That's what we're going to discuss this evening in this class. I said, I will do something called Afehem. Ashbisa me'anesh zichram. I will cause to cease from mankind their memory or their mention. Now, this word afehem has a number of interpretations, a number of translations that the various commentators give. Many of them see, understand that the the shirish, the three-letter root of the word, is pei aleph hey, peya, which means a corner. For example, Ranban says in the name of Medakticim, in, in the name of the grammarians, that it means afazreim bechol peya. I, Hashem, will scatter the Jewish nation into every corner. In other words, I will send them into exile to all corners of the earth. Certainly something that has happened. Sforno, Rabbi Avadia Sforno says, Ashir ezay peya mehem. He says, it means I will leave over some corner of them. I'll destroy most of them but I will leave over a few, a little corner. Chizkuni says, gam I will even destroy the peya. We know there's a mitzvah, we'll talk about this more in a moment, there's a mitzvah in the Torah called peya, that when a farmer in Eretz Yisrael uh, harvests his crop, Let's say when he cuts his wheat field, so it says he it says in the Torah he must leave over a peya. He must leave over one corner of the field, and that is for the poor. The Chizkuni understands that this word afehem is based on the Shirish peya pe alaf hey, and it's actually a reference to that mitzvah. But what it's saying is, I will not even leave over a peya 
of Kalal Yisrael. When I cut them down, I will cut them down completely. Now, it is true that, Kodesh, that the Torah itself says that a Kodesh Baruch was never actually going to do this act that is called Afehem. Because the next Pasuk says, I would do it except that the, the, the nations would attribute this to their greatness and to the greatness of their gods, and therefore I won't do this. But it is certainly, uh, according to the Chizkuni especially, quite frightening. Amarti Afehem, I will remove even the Peah, I will take, take them completely. I won't even leave over a remnant. In any case, it should be of no surprise to those who have listened to me before, I'm going to concentrate on Rashi, and in this case, just on Rashi's first explanation of this word. So it says, Amarti Afehem. Rashi says, Amarti Bilibi Efe Osam. I said in my heart, I will Efe them. And now he explains. V'yesh Faresh. It can be explained, afehem means ashisem peya. I will place them, I will make them into peya, meaning I will make them like that corner of the field that the farmer leaves over for the poor. hefker, to throw them off of me, like hefker, like some ownerless property, property, because that is the status of peya that the owner, by leaving over the paya and by not cutting down that corner of the field, he is making those crops in that corner of the field, he is making them ownerless, and therefore it is permitted for the aniyam to come and take. So according to Rashi, this Basik is saying, that's what I'm going to do to Klal Yisrael. I'm going to leave them over like paya, and whoever wants can come gobble them up. That's what Rashi says. Now, the first question I'd like to address is, why does Rashi reject some of the other mefarshim, some of the other approaches, which also explain this word as being from the shorish of pei alef hei, of peya? There are some who take the word altogether, and they don't say it has to do with the word peya. Ibn Ezra says it's simply an unusual word, and it means destroy. It's not related to the Shorish Pei Aleph Hei. Um, there are others also will go off in different directions. But even, but Rashi who says that it comes from the, from the letters Pei Aleph Hei, from the Shorish Pei Aleph Hei, like Peya, we have to think a little bit why he moved away from some of the other possibilities, which also interpret this word as being based on the word Peya. For example, Ramban says, Afazrim bechol peya. I will scatter them in every corner. I'll send them off into exile to every corner. Why wouldn't Rashi want to say that? So I think we can say quite simply that if that were the pshat, if that were the meaning of the Pasik, Rashi would say that that can't be, because then it should say, Bipeya, Amarti Afehem, according to Rashi, means I will make them into peya, not I will put them into peya, which then it should have had a base to indicate in such a place. Why does Rashi not 
uh, why does Rashi not want to explain the way Svarno does, that it means amarti afehem, I will, I will leave over some remnant, although I will very much, uh, to, for the most part, destroy them, but I will leave over a paya of them. Why doesn't Rashi want to say that? Perhaps because, again, there should have been a prefix before the word paya. Should have said, may, or, or amarti afe mayhem. I will leave over a paya from them. But there's no mem here, there's no mem, there's no word from in this Pasik. So perhaps that's why Rashi didn't want to go in that direction. And why didn't what Rashi want to explain, like Chizkuni, that it means Amarti Afehem, I said, I will destroy them all. I'll even destroy the Peya. I'll even destroy the last little corner of them. Why didn't Rashi want to say like that? It could be on a simple level because Rashi understood Amarti Afehem, I will make them into Peya, as Rashi says here. Ashi same peya, I will make them peya. But according to Chizkuni, that it means I'll destroy them all, and I won't even leave over a peya, so they're not peya. Klai is not being compared to peya, according to the Chizkuni. Rashi, under, Rashi understood afehem means I will make them peya. So Rashi explained that I will make them peya, meaning just as Peya that the farmer leaves over at the corner of his field is Hefker, so too that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu threatens to do to Kla Yisrael. He will be mafkiras, he will declare us to be ownerless as if he no longer owns us, and therefore all who want Kol Dichbin, whoever wants they will come and eat us up, Chas V'Shalom. That's perhaps on a simple level, why Rashi uh, avoided some of the approaches of the other Mepharshim. However, there's another question that I'd like to address. I think a more important question. According to Rashi, the Pasik is saying, I will make them into Peya, meaning I will make them Hefker. Why is Peya used as the marshal, as the paradigm for Hefker, for something that's ownerless? There are certainly other things in the Torah that are hefker. For example, there is shvias. There are the crops that grow during the seventh year, during the Shemitah year, which are hefker. Anyone can come and make use of them. Why doesn't Rashi, according to Rashi, why didn't the Pasuk say, I will make them like the fruits of Shemitah? There's also just such a thing that we find all over in the Gemara. There's such a thing called Hefker, that sometimes a person, for whatever reason, decides that a certain item of property he no longer wants, and he puts it out in the street, and he says, this is Hefker. Maybe he doesn't even have to say it. This, this is going into the, the very particular details of the halacha, but there's certainly such a thing that a person can take something that he owns, and he can renounce his ownership of it and make it Hefker. Why does, why does Rashi, according to Rashi, why does the Pusik focus on Peya? And I think the answer is that Peya is a very unusual kind of Hefker. Let's take a look 
had a Mishnah in Mesechta Peya, the Mesechta that discusses the halachas of this Mishnah. Herak Dalit Mishnah Aleph says, Hapeya nitenis karka. Peya is given from crops that are still attached to the ground. The proper Lechachila way of giving Peya is that you, the farmer cuts his field and cuts and cuts and cuts, but at a certain point, he sees there's a relatively small corner left over and he just leaves it there. And the poor people can come with their own cutting tools and they can cut what they like and take it home. Okay, Midolis Uvedekel, if we are talking about a peya, that is bidolis, that it's in a vine that is hanging over a high trellis, a high structure of, uh, of a high wooden structure, the way farmers very often hang their vines over a latticework. So if we're talking about the peya such, of such sort of fruits, they're high up and it's hard to get up there. Uvedekel, we're talking about the peya of a date palm tree. Again, it's a tall tree and it's difficult to climb up. And the farmer uh, went up there and he was throwing down dates after dates after dates, but at some point he has to leave over a peya. Now, if we're talking about such peya, says the Mishnah, the balabayas must bring down the fruits and distribute them to the poor. Let's take a look at the Rav, the Rabbi Avadim Ibartanura. He says, He must bring down and distribute these fruits to the poor. As it's written, the Pasig regarding Peah says, You shall leave them for the poor. Leave them. So this seems to be a meal that there's certain payrays, certain kinds of crops that you simply leave for the Aniyam and it's their business to go get them, but there are others not like that. So he says, those types of crops that there would be no danger to the poor to go and get them, so you just leave them over, let them bother to cut them down. However, but you do not merely leave over for them those kinds of crops that there is a danger in going up the tree or climbing up the ladder in order to get them. Rather, the farmer, the owner, must bring them down from the tree and distribute them to the Aniyam. That's one Mishnah. Let's go to Mishnah Hay. Mishnah Hay says, Sholosh there are three appearances in every day, meaning there are three times in a day that the owner of the field must appear in his field and, and facilitate uh, and help, so to speak, the Aniyam. He must invite the poor into his field to take the Peah. In the early morning and at midday and at Mincha towards the end of the day. The Rav explains at different times of day, different sorts of people find it more convenient to come to the field. And therefore, the Balabayas must make himself available at all these three times. Now, what do we see from these two halachas in the Mishnah? This is not, this is not the typical halacha 
of Hefker. If I have a, a pencil and I say, this is Hefker, that's it. I'm, that, I'm finished with it. I don't have to do anything with it. If you would like to come take it, you're welcome to take it. It's yours. I don't have to help you. If I say it's Hefker and I go put it on top of a, a treetop, I don't have to bring it down to you. It's not my business anymore. I'm completely disassociated with this piece of property. But when it comes to Peya, although it is Hefker, it's not exactly like Hefker. When it comes to Peya, although I have declared a certain part of my crop to be Peya, I left it over as Peya, and it is Hefker, as far as the monetary laws are concerned, anyone who takes it may have it. It's not considered that he's stealing from me. And yet, I am not disassociated with this property. I still have to, in certain cases, go see to it that you can get it. I have to distribute it to you. I have to go climb the tree and bring it down to you. What do you mean? I have to go climb the tree and bring it down to you. But that's the Xeris Akosov. That's the law of the Torah based on the Pasik Tazavesov. That although I've declared it Peya, and although anyone who wants could take it, I still have some responsibility towards it. I still need to oversee it. And similarly, even though I declare part of my field to be Hefker, and yet I have to go out into the field three times a day and let you in and show you where the payah is and so forth, I have to make three appearances every day. That's not the case if I make this pencil Hefker. I don't have to open up my, my home and show you where, it's your business. If you take it, it's yours. You don't take it, it's not yours. I'm completely disassociated from the object by regular Hefker, not by Peya. Peya is a unique form of Hefker. And perhaps this is what the Pusik is trying to say to us, according to Rashi, that even in a Kodesh Baruch anger, and a Kodesh Baruch says to us, I will make you Peya, which basically means I'm going to destroy you or I'm going to allow you to be destroyed or mostly destroyed. But it does not mean that a Kaddish Baruch Hu disassociates himself from us. Kaddish Baruch Hu is always there. He's like the Balabayas who has declared a certain portion of his field to be Hefker and yet he climbs up the tree, brings it down for the Aniyim. He comes and appears three times a day to make sure they can, to, to accommodate them. Kodesh Baruch Hu, even in the worst moments, is always watching over Kla Yisrael. And we find this very clearly in a Pasuk, in Parshas Bichukaisai, just as in Parshas Hazinu, there are some very dire predictions. So certainly in Parshas Bichukaisai, there are some extremely unpleasant predictions, and yet, the Pasuk says, but even this, when the Klal Yisrael will be in the land of their enemies, when they will be in exile, in enemy territory, I have, will never reject them, and I will not expel them from myself, to destroy them completely, to, to nullify my covenant with them. Because I am Hashem, their God. No matter how dark the prediction, no matter how 
profound is the is our sin and therefore how profound is the how grating is the friction in the relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always watching and never rejects us completely. And perhaps in retrospect, we can go back and say that this is, this is the reason at least why Rashi rejected the explanation of Chizkuni. If you remember, Chizkuni says, Amarti Afeha means, I will destroy them, I will not even leave over a peya. I won't even leave over a little corner, a little portion of them. It could be Rashi didn't want to explain like that, because if he would explain like that, it would contradict this Pasuk in Bechu Kaisai, that no matter what, HaKadosh Baruch Hu never rejects us completely. Rashi didn't want to be a, to be a contradiction between two psukim, and therefore he found it necessary to say Afehem means I will make them Hefker like Peya, which means it's not a complete Hefker. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.